0: Alright It is the first episode of We Making It and I'm sitting here with special guest and good friend, Mr jay Bowie.
1: What's that going? <laughs> What's
0: up? How are you, Jay?
1: I'm doing good. It's just a good Monday. Like, the it, weather is nice.
0: It is really nice. It was looking nasty a yester- yesterday. Yesterday. Like, uh, 12 hours ago.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, really. Yeah.
0: So, uh, for all of those who don't know or haven't been in my loop, We Making It is actually an extension to What's That Step? Um, For those who don't know, I created a web series, a five-episode web series, where I talk to dancers about what does it mean to take class um, versus cultivating artistry and how we can use class to cultivate artistry and maybe some of the pitfalls of getting stuck in class, um, specifically on when you don't have the step, hence the title, What's That Step? Uh, That was the beginning of this year, and now we are going into 2019 with a new medium and also um, a different a different mindset. So, we making it is exactly how it sounds. We are making it. I think I'll be two years in the city. Jay, how long have you been in the city?
1: Uh, I'm in my senior year, so I'm in my fourth year.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> um. And I think when I first moved into the city, I was really surviving. Yeah. Like, I was eating ramen and sweet potatoes oh. and cereal.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I work at a, um, a very nice dance center, shout out to Gibney, uh, and they were like, always having parties, so I was eating their food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't really working towards the things that I wanted to be working towards. And I wasn't necessarily excelling. Yeah either in my health or in my mm. dreams mm. Uh, so that's what I think what I mean when I say surviving but when I think about where I am now I am making it like yeah. rent is on time come on <laughs> and
1: in full yes!
0: yes and no IOUs also yes. like I eat green vegetables when yes. I feel like it um, and I think too I'm really interested in how other people are making it yes. I think to make it in New York City is its own pool of dreams and you know lack thereof and I'm super interested in talking about what it means to make it both creatively emotionally healthily as a way for us to not only broaden what it means to make it but also really better understand who's making what what are they making why are they making and really above all like how can other people make it uh, in those ways and also in their creative endeavors too yeah so that's what it's all about it's a
2: really
1: great platform i mean i think a lot of us have moved to new york with both assumptions and probably some old teachings like yes some other people who have probably done it be like oh you need to do this when you get to new york and this done other but you really figure out what it takes um for you and what you want to do in your Particular, super unique life um, when you get here,
0: right? And
1: you learn a lot of lessons along the way, but also I know that if it can feel very alone, yes. And then I so having this. But creating this platform that you've created, I know that this will be a place where a lot of people can hear similar stories and be like, Oh, that wasn't just me. Oh, great. Or like, yes, I can ask these questions. Thank yes, you. Yes,
0: yes, yes. And I'll mention this again at the very end of the podcast, but you can always reach out to me with Katie Smiles. Yes, that's K A D I E. Smiles, like the smile on my face. <laughs> dot NYC at gmail.com to be a part of the conversation, to ask me questions that I will ask my friends. Yeah. Um, and also So too, just to like chime in to see what's up. So. So, 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 so. We were supposed to make a Christmas episode because Christmas <laughs> is my favorite holiday, and also I turned 25 four days after Christmas. Hey. Yes. Yes! Um, but Jay is the hardest black man that I know at the moment, and I really, really want to talk about it. He is making it. So, I believe at least he's making it. I mean,
1: look, I have a lot of smoke and mirrors. A lot of smoke and mirrors.
0: <laughs> And so, I really want to talk about um, first of all what Jay is making, how he's making them. Um, but let's get let's get right into it. So, Jay. Mm-hmm. So, first off, you are performing three different. Bodies of work um, throughout this month. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about how? Can you just tell me first of all a little bit about the process? I know. Mm-hmm. So if you know Jay, you know you can like Google him. Yes, because he's uh, Googleable. Shout out to him. Uh, I'm true. not Googleable, guys. Um, well,
1: you can actually Google me. That's so yes, true. and you
0: can read about. You can give a. You can read a little blurbs about uh, each piece that he's working on. Yep. But I want to know a little bit more about the entry point yeah. to this work That's good. Um, as both beginning this creative process at the very beginning, but also where you are now as a performer in this process. So both yeah. access points.
1: I had, uh, so moving to New York, I was instructed or like really heavily advised not to create or show work in my first year in New York. Um, and this was from a, one of my favorite faculty members at Arizona State, Ashley Lady, um, because she she lived in New York, she created work in New York, and also she knew that I had like that super type A-prime um, way of moving through life where I wanna hit the ground running. She was like, this will be the time for you to actually see and get acquainted with New York City and the dance community before you create. So in that first year, I fought the urge to create like really hard, because I just, like ideas come in and I want to explore them so when ideas came in I was like don't book studio space don't like go like or or Like, book studio space—well, actually, that was the first inclination. And then after a while, the first piece, um, Holding On to Innocence, came to mind. And I was talking to my friend Wendell Gray the second, and I asked him if he wanted to be a part of it. And I just—you know, we just started working on it, not with an intent to show it for any specific dates. I think we did some, like, super small studio showings at Gibney and some other spaces, but not, like, with a huge push to perform it, but just to explore the idea of what— what innocence means for black children um, and how innocence is um, often taking away from us at an earlier age than white children because we need to protect our youth and make sure that they can survive. Um, and then also exploring the other duality of innocence of being like not guilty of a crime, performing a lot of um, respectability politics and some sense of like perfectionism to keep us out of jail and, and um, out of threat of death but then realizing that both of those things are basically futile. So we were in the process of creating that for like my first year in New York City and um then once we showed it in october of my second like the beginning of my second year october 2016 um that's when i was like okay i'm going to apply for the residencies i'm going to apply for support to start making more and slowly they started to come in and more opportunities and i was talking to more people about you know what performing in new york city would be like what you know what community should i you know try to invest in essentially but really listening doing a whole lot of listening like i i vividly remember my Myself sitting in, like, Jamal Barnes' living room with Orlando Hunter and Ricardo Valentine and Yatande and a bunch of other, like, black queer men in dance who have created and shown their work on many different levels and performed in, like, Bill T. Jones Hernandez Day dance company and Martha Graham and Ailey and they're just talking about their experiences creating work in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s before I even got to New York and and just sharing knowledge amongst themselves and I felt very privileged to sit in the room and just listen and basically take mental notes of like that's when I learned about moving research I was like oh let me look into moving research maybe apply there and like you know just but mostly listening and I think spending about a year and a half of fully listening and asking questions and not um and actually not doing was the most beneficial thing I could have done or I did do but one of the most beneficial things that happened because in creating holding to innocence I realized that the bigger issue for myself was that um, the all the visuals of like seeing black people be killed by the police and seeing images and videos in this conversation really affected like my mental stability yeah. and I'd lived with um, depression and anxiety and I think just about a year before I moved to New York, I finally like shared with a friend that I'd struggled with like suicide and it was like a bunch of different um, I guess, attempts at vulnerability i guess i could say it or even just like reaching out and sharing with friends so getting to new york and then also confronting like loneliness i like didn't have friends i moved out here without knowing anybody
0: yes i too moved out here without knowing anybody
1: yeah no friends it's no a say- different
0: type of move it's when you make that choice yeah
1: very different kind of move and i really support and i champion people who can do it with like not knowing anybody because i've done oh anybody, wait
0: so. let i take that back oh shout out to all the people that i actually did know so what i did was i moved by myself yes but i had a uh, shout out to macy and amber and brooke who actually like let me yeah. crash on their air mattress so no i actually did not yeah. i was actually super strategic about knowing people when i got here so good. sorry sorry people
1: no it's good i mean that's good but i think also it's some i've learned that it's not about if you actually know somebody, because I, I knew, I have a friend named Kari that I knew, went to school together, but it's the feeling of loneliness that you're really combating. Even if right. you do know people, like I know people who moved out here with family, like they moved into a family's house and they still talked about feeling alone and lonely.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: So with that being present and having these mental illnesses come up and, like re, and then getting flashbacks to like childhood trauma and all these things coming up, I realized that even in creating something of our piece about like state sanctioned violence I realized that underneath that I was really trying to battle like mental health and trying to get mm. a better grasp of my mental illnesses mm. so then I started creating the space between words with Wendell and that's where we went into what we shared in terms of like loneliness and shared with this toxic teaching of uh, masculinity that told us that we couldn't be vulnerable and the only way that we could be physically intimate with someone is like through sex and things like that and we started to connect how that had an effect on our mental stability and and probably aided for specifically for me and my mental illnesses so we went and creating that piece and then it just, and honestly, it just kind of snowballed from there and I realized that this is like a lane for me and this is not just a lane artistically and professionally, but this is also like a overall life practice that I have to do. Mm. My last really like, romantic relationship, um, we ended it because I needed to really focus on healing from these right. traumas that I right. was going through, or that I lived, and also um, getting a better health, a better grasp on mental health and mental illnesses, but Remembering and knowing that the healing process isn't like just a steady incline of linear. Yeah, Yeah. it gets destructive. It gets nasty. It gets dirty. And I don't. And I was like, I can't. I think the biggest thing I said to him was like, I can't predict how I'm going to be during this process. Right. And I do not want to. Um, put our I didn't want to hate you like I don't want I don't want you to hate me so I know I need to do this I just want to know do you think that you can possibly go along with this like tumultuous journey with me and he said no and that was really um, impactful and important in the long like you know looking back hindsight being in twenty twenty. I did not want to do it but I mean it it was like again it was necessary because like now my lived practice of healing through all these things are just also explored in my art making so it doesn't only happen in the studio it doesn't only happen when I'm thinking about art it happens in my life and that actually more than anything informs why I go, what I'm going to do when I get into the studio why I go into the studio and my intention when I'm collaborating with my friends when we're collaborating to create things
0: and I think we're super interesting that I did not know about um, I did I wouldn't even know I don't know I don't even know when I discovered this but when I, when I did move to the city um, I used to to listen to James Baldwin mm. um, just some of his lectures because I obviously guys like podcasts yeah. and I just like when people talk to me in my ears Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there is a lecture online that everybody you can find uh, it's the integrity of an artist mm. and it talks about how the integrity of an artist and as it relates to their process is almost integral to their being Yeah. I think hmm I think it's super so going back to what you said I think what you are illustrating is that you know making literally making work be it visual performative and any gambit in between mm-hmm. is a difficult process in the city it yeah, is
2: yeah.
0: Um, but we don't I don't think anybody makes it because it's easy or it's mm-hmm. hard I do know that there are people that have a um, easier time yeah making their work and that's not a bad thing yeah. but i think what's super important um for those like for those who are just going to create an artistic practice or somebody that's moving to the city who you are and what you make yeah. sometimes are um one in the same yeah. and your ability to listen to that yeah. or, or create space for yourself to even listen to that. Because yeah. you said you did this when you moved to the city. Yeah. So th- I imagine that you actually didn't go through this process beforehand. Process. Just to be able to make space for yourself to experience or, or to reflect on the trauma that you lived through.
1: No, yeah. There, well, I also said there wasn't space. Like, I think moving to New York City, just ha- I began to realize that I have the space. Because when... When living with these kind of traumas, um, I just remembered that when I was living in, um, certain, like when I was living back home, I was living in, um, I was living in, in the traumatic environment, and then not only that, like Arizona, I I went through so many different traumas while living there. So like even driving down certain streets and seeing certain friends and going back to my high school, like all those things kept triggering things. So like I never felt like I had the space to address things because it felt like it was ongoing. Yeah, Didn't feel like it was in the past to be able to address. And it was actually in my it was in my third year. It was. It was actually, 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 just last year. It wasn't even that long ago. It was um, in May, 2017, when the relationship ended, and I was also. Um, coming to terms like I might have to like bring this up that I realize like oh I'm actually in the space now to be able to address this, even to
0: bring it up yeah and I think that yeah I think that that's one of those things that's like a New York but also like a new place gym mm-hmm. when it comes to making it be it health creative or whatever just acknowledging that you have space and also just acknowledging that like you don't have space everywhere yeah um, and that's okay Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: right like your space is your space where it may where it lives is up to you yeah. and I think I just think that that's such an important thing that I don't hear enough people talk about I really I really don't yeah. so yes 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 and yes
1: and also it takes like when when we think about your art making practice as an extension of your life or as right. a part of your life not an escape and I think that was the big thing I had when I made the decision to insert myself into my art, I could no longer escape from my life into dance.
0: Right, and I think, oh, that's. Yeah,
1: and I think a lot of people are afraid of integrating their art-making practice of into Of course. Because they want an escape.
0: Right, let me shout out to all, the, y'all, y'all already know, you remember? Yeah. You turn off the lights in your bedroom and you turn up whomever you was listening to, yeah. be it C, or Faith Evans, Beyoncé, or all <laughs> three, if you're just feeling yeah. it. And you know, you're just like whipping your hair, and you're on the floor, and yeah. you're just living. Yeah um it it, it it you live and you live in another w- way You and
1: also it's like your relationship <laughs> with dance actually so part of the back showing that was November 30th and December 1st with my yes. friend Talib um we were doing improvisation called I'm So Tired and it was basically
0: yes like, guys yeah. if you don't have Jo on Instagram please watch that footage it's um it's super lovely. It's a,
1: it's a lot. Because, <laughs> I mean, the the title also came from, like, the phrase that we often say when we feel really depressed. When someone's like, how do you feel? I'm, I'm just so tired. I'm and tired. that tired is not, like, just, of course, not physically only. But anyways, in that improvisation and in that doing, at the end of the last showing, we were backstage and we were just talking about, or Tyler was saying how singing used to be the thing that he did when he was happy. He used to almost not be able to sing when he wasn't happy. Yes. So now that this process has forced him to sing when he is not happy, not happy, it's like now the relationship is very different. And I remember saying if, if, for me when I did that with dance it felt as if my relationship with dance was really like um, honeymoon stage, I love everything. Yeah. I got my degree. I moved to New York. Everything's yes.
2: good.
0: Yes.
1: And then we did some shit. And at the end of that, we sit on we're sitting on the bed in the dark at three thirty in the morning after having a long argument, and looking at each other like,
0: "I get get away from me. We are don't look at me." I mean,
1: actually, it felt like more like we can no longer our the way that we related to each other before yeah. that no longer exists. But also, I. Definitely love you, and it is a difficult practice to love you, and we all have yeah. battle scars right now. But I, I how do I explain it's Like, it's like you, when you battle with someone versus, like, against someone.
0: That's all.
1: You, li- like, at the end, that exhaustion, you look at each other like, bitch, it's you and me. Like, that is a different Until
0: kind. the end of whenever we decide. Yeah,
1: and that's, that's kind of how oh, I feel with dance right now. Like, I really feel like I'm in a great, deep and honest and vulnerable relationship with dance where it's like at no point can anybody take this shit away from me
0: oh and that's so um y'all my heart just like really opened up because that's (laughs) like I'ma be so like frank I am not uh I'm a little stubborn sometimes. I wouldn't and I wouldn't even identify someone that is stubborn, but I actually have a really hard time with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um and to be vulnerable with dance, it's really complicated. And I know people out there like, "Oh my gosh, how can you be vulnerable with um a career or a goal or something that's not a person?" Mm. But I actually think That's when you can be Mm -hmm. Or you have the opportunity I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say You necessarily can You have the opportunity To be most vulnerable And I Yeah, I am so used to, especially in dance, battling against, be it myself, be it the people in the room, other dancers, be it teachers, um, because dance, at least, guys, where I am at, I've only been in the city for, what, almost two years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and I actually only graduated only two years ago. So, um, where I am, a lot of it is... um, it's from the outside looking in mm-hmm. so a lot of my worth and my validation as a dancer mm-hmm. is um, given to me based on yeah. like a job or yeah. not getting a job yeah. not getting to perform mm-hmm. getting to perform and you yeah. definitely especially when you get to a point where you like it's your job mm-hmm and then like what you do on stage
2: yeah.
0: has to then cover rent mm-hmm. your relation to it, ship to it on top of it being almost given to you or not given to you mm-hmm. on top of like maybe or maybe not making rent it gets really really complicated uh, and when i say complicated let me be frank it gets difficult to love it still
1: it gets it gets and it gets difficult to love it still and i think what i've learned is that the relationship that you have with dance is really the relationship that you have with yourself yeah and all all tools and tips and and wisdoms around loving someone else 100% applies back to loving yourself right and I think when you New York puts you to the test every single day to see how much you actually love yourself right and not just like feeling of loving yourself but like practice and showing up for yourself Because no one I'm not going to say no one here is going to do it because I've had so many people actually show. Yeah, it for me. yeah. But you, it's so infrequent and it's so unreliable that you cannot bank on it.
0: Right, 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 right. And I think, and that's also too. And I, I want to definitely talk about this really quickly because uh, guys, like, I had so many questions, but like, <laughs> this is totally going off into no, another direction. It. It's great. Um, I think that. I, okay, so I'm one of those people that I'm like, I'm not one to say like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. New York is the best place ever. I wake up and I love it every day. It's actually, no. Actually, the B train mm-hmm. was not showing up today off of a yeah. 116th. Mm. And it literally said that it was six minutes away that and was. I waited for like, not six minutes, maybe longer.
1: Like 12.
0: <laughs> so I bring that up to say, I don't have a very romantic mm-hmm. view of the city. I try to be super objective about it. Yeah. And going on to Jay's point about the the way New York will test you. I think New York and maybe one or two other places that I won't necessarily mention, because you're in such close proximity Mm -hmm. with people I would say at least two to three hours a day mm-hmm. because the average New Yorker, I would say artist New Yorker, yeah. they don't live in Manhattan. If they yeah. live in Manhattan, they live in like a Washington Heights or a Harlem or an Inwood. Yeah. Um, but they live far from where they work. Yes. So if you live far from where you work, you're looking at at least a 30-minute commute. Mm-hmm. That 30-minute commute, I would imagine you have to visually engage with at least 300 people. Oh, yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think people talk enough about what that does to your mental state. Oh, yeah. To see the people. We're not talking about the people that are asking for money. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the people who are dancers. We're not talking about the people who are singers. We're not talking about the people that are homeless who you just so happen to walk past. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the lovely things like kids on scooters. Yeah. <laughs> kids talking to their parents. I saw this one mom breastfeeding on the train. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Yeah. And so I think that type of external stimuli oh,
2: yeah.
0: Um, it makes you obviously more vulnerable to more things and in being vulnerable you kind of have to put up a shut up and when I say put up a shut up I think you have to clarify what your body needs mm-hmm. what your heart needs in order to manage Yeah, and I think when Jay talks when Jay mentioned like oh um New York will test you It's merely just that Not to mention You know guys It's a long winter Jesus It's, it's cold at midnight a, yeah. It's cold at three It's it's cold at two It's cold at one And
1: just like me Last night Your space hit a break and then You gotta get a whole new one And you gotta sleep cold Cause ain't nothing open at two o'clock in the morning on a Sunday.
0: But really though, but really though, but really though. And so when you think, and so making it, and when I think about like, when I say making it, all of the things that I've mentioned today, it is different when you have, because like, uh, just full disclaimer, if you don't know me, I'm from Texas. We drive. We drive. The only people that I gotta see is the people that's about to be in this car. And if you know, like I know, it's probably about to be my siblings, it's gonna be family, it's gonna, my exposure to external stimuli is super based on what I wanna do. And that's
1: where, like, when I have friends talking about moving to New York, I have to look, I've learned from experience, I can sense when a friend of mine who's moved from Arizona specifically will be able to make it and stay, like physically stay in New York for
0: longer than a year. Because... Yeah, a, the year is... The first year is a really hard job. It's the test. Talk to anybody. That, everybody three, says it. It's really hard. <laughs> day
1: 366, you know if you're going to stay, if you're going to leave. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm able to tell because... Just like Texas and Arizona, you ha- you drive everywhere. Doesn't no- public transit is not reliable. So you it's almost
0: really actually unreliable.
1: Unreliable. So you have to you have to have some kind of car. But what that car drive affords you is space alone or with your chosen folks while you're traveling. You lose that privilege when you move to New York. You lose the privilege of being able to be with yourself, listening to your music, and only. Um, concerned with what's going on in your immediate vicinity when you're in new york you are always on alert from the moment you step out of your door right so then the home life becomes even more valuable which when you first move here you don't have that luxury
0: yo i was home maybe five hours Hmm. maybe and like one of those hours like four of those hours of Mm sleeping and like the other hour was divided into like 30 minutes to eat and 30 minutes to shower yeah like it is a yeah. real in them street. It's really
1: real. And it's and it's even more like for me moving to the place that I live now was like financially strategic because like my rent went went down a little bit to move out of Harlem and move into an apartment with four or three roommates, four of us total. But it was also like i knew what i wanted to do in life in terms of like i wanted to be very proactive and move really fast in producing dance and um this podcast and all this other stuff and i knew that i needed a home base that was going to be rejuvenative
2: yeah and
1: that the people living there will have to be on a similar wavelength and accord
2: yeah. so
1: moving from harlem and moving to new york with my with my roommates now was like if I don't have a place to come home and feel like I'm home, then everything else that I do outside of that right. is gonna like Right,
0: it's gonna, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: And I think that's where I I often, my biggest feedback to most people when they move to New York is like, prioritize finding, a, building a life. That is going to be sustainable for your practice. Yeah. All that art stuff, like you can go from zero to you can go from nobody to somebody in like Quickly. three months in New York. Quickly. So don't don't feel like you're behind. Do not. Yeah. Ever because feel also like you're the behind.
2: dance community is
0: hella small. It's
1: hella small. And also like you, uh, part of part of your success has nothing to do with you. Let's be like totally frank. People literally choose you, and they yeah. say you you could fit a certain build, a certain makeup, a certain agenda yeah. that these institutions have. For you and if you fit, then you will fit, and you will know it. So don't fight. To I remember I said don't fight, but like know that uh, there's a certain a bit of it outside of your control but at the yeah. end of the day at the long if you're playing the long game of dance you need to have, start building a, just a sustainable practice that includes even small things like how much water are you drinking every day Yo, where are you shopping to get your food at like who are you spending your time conversing with who
0: are you and also too y'all it's really let me be the first person to say I am struggling mm-hmm. on the water train y'all it's cold I'm not about to say like look I just went tea all day yep. <laughs> and if I'm not near her Hot water is like, mm-hmm. oh my body's not gonna drink water. But uh, I just wanna echo that point too. I so I don't know if anybody know I don't know if everybody out there knows. So when I moved to the city, mm-hmm. I moved with I think four hundred three hundred and ninety five dollars to my name. Right. I was living large. Uh, in another episode, if you want to hear the story, I'll gladly tell people yeah. the story. But what I will say is this: When I moved to the city, I hit the like. I literally flew in that morning. I went to work that day. Wow. My notion of nesting and what it meant to be sustainable was that I could withstand anything and I could still live. Mm. And shout out to people like I love that about myself. Like mm-hmm. I think that's how I ended up being here uh, as long as I have been. But, uh, you know, guys, I'm going to be 25 this year. Yo, I feel... You feel different.
1: Twenty five is a big shift.
0: Well, that and like I had lost like ten pounds. Mhm. Um, I had gotten like crazy chronic pain near my knees. Um, I was having like really bad headaches. Mhm. I was going through like these really crazy things where were well, these crazy phases where I could like sleep for like twelve hours mm-hmm. and I was still tired. Yes. And this was how I lived. This wasn't like like I don't. You know, you're in college and you. Do you, you do that mm-hmm. maybe once or twice in part of the semester. No, y'all. I was living like that. I was working, I think, at one point, I think I gotten up to like 65-hour weeks. Yeah. And this wasn't 65-hour work weeks that like actually had um, financial backing. Mm-hmm. This was maybe I was getting paid for 40 hours. Yeah. But I was still working the extra 20 yeah. because I needed to get my name out there mm-hmm. so that I could apply for other jobs. Yeah. All of those things start to take a toll. Yeah. Um, so I say that to say, um, no, I don't know. I would necessarily agree that I would say, like, go for a sustainable long call because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. But I will say, has it caught up to me? Yeah. I think sustainability is going to be a question in terms Mm -hmm. of making anything be it a relationship work a career work whatever you have to figure out what sustains you
1: yeah and it's a sustainability is a practice that is not static so it's not no Still, it's not like you figure it out and it's done it is like the balance of sustainability is the same kind of balance you have when you're trying to balance in your period on Releve. Like, you, it's dynamic. You're always making minor shifts and adjustments, yeah. and you're asking yourself, like, there's some days you're on your leg, and some days you're not. You know what I mean? Like the sustainability is like some days you're on it and some days you're not. But
0: You're as long mindful. As
1: you, yeah, as long as you keep being mindful and 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 asking the questions and making adjustments as you grow and change, then you're doing the sustainability work. Right. And I think that's the part where. I believe this podcast is really amazing for because it helps us demystify this notion that you haven't figured out that anybody actually
2: haven't figured
1: out. The more I started talking to folks and I started talking to people that I remember studying in school and looking up to and I started talking to them about simple things like you know, I'm struggling with my rent paid this month. They're like, "Bitch, me too." I'm like, "Wait, wait a minute! You performed? <laughs> yeah. Yo. <that? laughs> have your stuff performed at BAM and at the Joyce, and you struggling with your rent paid too? That's that actually meant so much. All of those stories about other people that I thought had it together and them sharing how they were actually struggling yeah. did way more for me than learning about their successes. Yeah. We actually, if anything, for most people, Instagram, Twitter. And other like publications and stuff where your name pop out, we see your successes. What helps fill in the blank is to yes. let us know the trials, the, the turns, the twists, and the tribulations that took you to get there.
0: And not only the Taz, yeah, because I never want to say like, oh, I never want to focus on like uh, the the hardships. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, shout out to, please, 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 I completely forgot about this. Shout out to The Friend Zone. Hey. I love, love, love. Hey, Ren, hey, look at Dustin. Hey, wait, look at Asante. And no,
1: hey, look at Dustin. Hey, Asante. Hey, Asante.
0: <laughs> yes. I love them so much. And I think, uh, no, I don't even think they got that podcast really mm. got me through. Mm. But there was nothing on air that I had heard that was talking about dance. Yeah. So and one of the things that one of the things that I take with me all the time that Hey, Fernay mentioned is letting go of stories or not living in your trauma. Mm. I didn't make this podcast for anybody to live in their trauma, but I wanna be very clear Mm -hmm. uh, and transparent about what it means to be an artist in the city and what it means to define what it means to make it. Because let me tell you, I have some really cool friends. Yeah, you really do. Jay, Melanie, Jasmine Herm, Maria Ballman, all these people actually know my yeah. name and like they say hi <laughs> to yeah. me. Okay, so like, super side note, yo, like I am one of those people that are super friendly. Yeah. Like, I especially if I'm like digging your energy. Mm-hmm but sometimes they don't know my name. (laughs) And when they don't know my name, it's hella awkward because I am that person that's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Talking to them as if they really know. And they're like, oh, hey, girl,
2: what's up? Yes.
0: But I have really cool friends who have made really great things, but I actually don't know
2: mm-hmm.
0: how they made them.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, Google, though, like I said earlier, like I can go look up like what Jay yeah. has done in terms of like what his work is about. But I think it's super um, beneficial, and it's also something that you can take with you and like even rewind yeah. to sit down and have a conversation about what it took good and bad how you got there and so yeah let me be very clear that that's that's really the point
1: i think it also helps for and one of my goals when i talk about any successes or accomplishments that i have is to is to share how one easy it not easy oh i don't like the word easy because it wasn't necessarily easy but how um pragmatic it was in my thinking to do it like and also to mention all the ways that the universe like conspired for my success outside yeah. of my hands. Like to talk about um, like so another show is coming up. It's not I don't know when this is coming out, but on December seventh and eighth, um, showing the space between words um, at Fresh Tracks or at New York Live Arts for Fresh Tracks. I was just remembering this morning because this is like in my mind it's Fresh Tracks week. Just all I'm concerned with. I there's a The only rejection letter I have is framed from my first audition for Fresh Frustractions in 2016.
2: Wow. And
1: I framed it not because it was just a rejection letter. I think I framed it because one, it was the only thing I got in the mail in terms of like acceptance or rejection at that time. And two, there was a written note on it that said it was a very difficult process for me actually not to get picked. And then also wow. for them, they were like, please make sure you let um, me and the rest of people at, at Live Arts know like when you're doing stuff because we're still interested. Like we're very interested in you. And that for me was bigger than, um, than at that point getting a yes. I think it was more important for me to get um, a no and a personal right.
2: connection with someone in an right. institution.
1: Because now this year being at Fresh Tracks, it's, it was, even though I auditioned and even though you know there were still things I had to go through, there was a certain level of support beforehand. Like the right. folks at, at Live Arts, and I have a, an actual person, a person like they know my name kind of relationship, they asked me, do you want to do Fresh Tracks? Because it felt, it's it's very different to, to audition for something and not know if you're going to make it even in a dance company versus to audition for something and somebody inside is like, do you, would you like to do this? Because I can help you do this. I can, right, can kind of low-key right. throw my weight around to make sure that you have a good chance, a good shot at that. And to be in a space when that has happened for you for me feels actually what that's what i would prefer in life. Yeah. Cuz it feels like the red carpet rose old out for me to be here and i don't have yeah. to like that imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Kind of diminishes a bit. So that like even though i'm doing what i'm doing, you never really know who's seeing you do what you do.
2: Yeah. And the
1: universe will place people there even if they don't talk to you
2: yeah. to make sure
1: that you Get what you need because those people may be called to put their weight on the line for you. Yeah. And I remember doing that for certain people when I have the chance. And I'm like, I know this person probably. And I'm like, just like trying to do a whole 360 look. Like I know this person probably doesn't know that I see them. And I remember the times that I didn't know that somebody saw me and I got that opportunity. Hindsight yeah. has, or not hindsight, but somebody revealing the truth to me, being like, Oh yes, you got this residency because so and so was on the panel and they saw you first perform that piece and they vouched hard for you. Like that is how the world works
0: it is and let's talk about let's not only
1: talk about like the work that you have to do but also the work that people do when they see you and want to support you
0: yes yes
1: and that's something that's out of your control
0: it is out of your control and you just said so so much there but i do Echoing that, are like digging deeper into that. I have a really, I currently actually have a really hard time with this notion of community, mm-hmm. um, and just telling people more about me. So I work at Gibney, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the downtowny folk uh, of the New York dance scene, uh, and I'm sure as the podcast goes along, I'll talk more about like other. Sectors of Mm -hmm. the dance world. But it, Gibney especially is a place that, um, Can can you? There's a lot of uh, talk there because you know people are very community based, Mm -hmm. and when they say, "Somebody," you'll say you'll walk around the street, you'll walk down the street with a dancer, and you'll say, "Oh, I take class at Gibney," and they'll say, "Like, oh, but why do you take class at Gibney?" Because I feel a sense of community. Uh Uh, I feel, or or, and that's not the only way, but that's a very common Mm -hmm. response. And I had a really hard time, and I can't necessarily say that I'm like over it, Mm. but there is something to what it means what what community means for you and Mm -hmm. the reality is um, in any field in any field uh, the people that you surround yourself Mm -hmm. with the people that have the ability to see you um, and the 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 people that you then get to be able to you are able to be exposed to Mm -hmm. that is the The older that I get, and the longer that I'm in the city, that is almost just as important mm. as what you do by yourself. Yeah. Um. I definitely was the kind of person that I was like, by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, I get this, and yeah. if you stand in my way, I will literally yeah shun you. Yeah. <laughs> um. And for good or for bad. Um. But at times. And I think anybody can attest to this in any field. You cannot do it alone.
1: No, none of this. none of this is able for you to do, it, to do it alone. And if anybody like creates a narrative or shares a story where it seems as if they did it alone, just know that they're they just they are not able for any reason, to see the people who are around them, who support them, and who have made um, pathways for them to walk through, and open up doors for them yeah. to walk through, you yeah. just aren't able to see it. But yeah. none of this happens by yourself.
0: And how you then, and that's what I said, um, how you define community, because for me, community looks very different from maybe what Jay thinks, mm-hmm. but the reality is, how i am seen mm-hmm. and how i see both in what like in the the in the circles that i'm in they're 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 really important. Yeah. Not only for just cuz yes on a like basic networking tip like this is important. Um but we can just get a little bit personal. I have a girlfriend and let me tell you. Yeah. Your girl ain't out here by yourself. Yeah. I think all things above may they be god buddha mm-hmm. or your cousin joe look the world is a better place because mm-hmm. i date this person <laughs>
1: Good. Uh-huh.
0: but the fact is that i number one had to be clear mm. that i i wasn't always the best by myself mm-hmm. and that's really hard yeah um and even in and even saying that, how she could then even create space to say like, yeah. look, you're struggling with this thing, mm-hmm. but I'm really good at this thing. Yeah. Um, I think, i think just sometimes especially as a dancer you can uh, and also just as a person you can get really bound to who you are yeah. and what you can do yeah. and how can i move those things that i can do um and there are some things that honestly y'all shout out to maria Bauman. um full disclosure my my dad died um two months before i moved to the city wow uh, and y'all had a really I didn't have any yeah. tools to process that
2: yeah
0: uh, Maria Bowman who I met that year in January mm. was then getting ready to premiere dying dying and yeah. dying yeah and I can never um, really I think articulate mm. what that meant for me yeah. because not only had my dad died, um, I have a really young family. Mm-hmm. I think four or five people that year had died in my family.
2: Wow!
0: And I and I and and, and I am also young, so I didn't yeah. know what death yeah. meant. Yeah. I I couldn't just being really clear, like I could not make peace with that. Yeah. And I love Maria, I think so much because she gave me um, and she gave like that community. Yeah all that she had mm-hmm. as it related to dying
2: yeah.
0: um, and I and I to be to be so frank I don't even know if I would have made peace without her
2: mm.
0: um, so I say that to mm. say not only for people vouching for you for things like fresh tracks or things like um, auditions but really helping you codify what does it mean to have your life practice. practiced yeah. uh, so many people have been so great yeah. uh, to me in that way and um it, I can't even yeah. I just can't I, I mean
1: c- if I really had to sit not had to I'm going to do this when I have the time to really sit down and like name the names and thank the people then go even further back I have this journal there's like a little small tiny little one it's called my appreciation journal and I just like write down things names moments and um folks that I appreciate and I'm so happy to get the time to like sit down and go through it because I had I did this for 2018 I think it's about time for me to get one for 2019 but it's like being able to go back and remember the names when I'm able to write them down and for what it's amazing for me as somebody who's been living with mental illnesses that that tried to convince you that you're alone in all moments of your life
2: yeah and
1: then go back and have like documented proof that I'm not.
0: Right.
1: And even in like performance, I think even in this professional thing, creating authentic relationships with like my peers and my contemporaries who are traversing through the similar spaces, asking similar questions and, and having similar opportunities. When we choose to show up for one another, like even if it is just to buy a ticket and sit in the audience yeah. and then give a hug after the show, yeah. Like, we know how important that is not for so many reasons, but just the fact of holding space for someone's performance. Yeah. And the showing that that to me is an example of community. Yes. Um, and I think even. Deeper than that, a bigger practice of mine is to let go of being attached to community, right. and being attached to any specific place, person, or thing, right. but or belonging to any place, which, Like I want to practice what my Angelou said is like I belong nowhere and to no one. I belong to me, right? And I ha- and I like me, right? But like I have to belong here because even though I ha- at this moment I can say I have. A sense of security with this place, with these people, with this person, there is still potential for me to say or do something that could jeopardize that.
2: Right. And right, if and right. when that
1: happens, I still have to remember that I still belong to me, though.
0: Right. Because,
1: and, and also vice versa. That person, that place, that thing could do something to jeopardize the relationship. But
0: yes. And that's, yeah, that's, and that's out of your control. It's
1: out of your control. So community for me has to be centered around me.
0: Like it has to be centered
1: around me, my values as they change, um, and who can fit within those parameters. And also being very, very okay for that to be ever shifting. Yeah. So like today we could be great and kicking it. And then tomorrow something could happen where like, okay, you're no longer within that boundary of what I would consider my community. But then that, again, and then the next day, something else can change, like, all right, you're back in. Like, yeah. it's going through life with an open hand of like having everything be in our possession with an open hand versus like a clenched fist. In New York also, more specifically, yes, with everything it's different. changing, yeah. has That has given me, if anything, the ability to move more swiftly. If somebody sees me moving swiftly, like that that like okay whatever is here today may not be here tomorrow and that's okay but i'm gonna appreciate it why it's here
2: yeah
0: that yeah. allowed that has
1: allowed me to move more swiftly
0: yeah and what it sounds like you're talking about is also to just remain <coughs> present yeah is there anything you do uh that's like you know i do five seconds of this and i do five yeah. seconds of that is there anything that you do like that daily as I, a way to maintain this like open hand
1: i don't have a I don't. I don't think I'm a person that can have a super codified daily ritual. Yeah. I think what I need to. I think the only thing I need to ask myself is, what do I need for this moment? Mm-hmm. And then either do those things if I know I have the tools and the practice, or explore a new way. So for each piece specifically, Bill T. Jones said something to someone, again, I wasn't talking to me, but I was listening and eavesdropping. Because you should
0: be ear Ear hustling!
1: (laughs) He said that all art is ritual, and ritual becomes art when you ask someone to see it. Oh. So when I re- when that hit me, I remembered that like, oh, when I'm in rehearsal, I'm building up a ritual. When I'm Even before I'm in rehearsal, when I'm thinking about something, how I research about that topic is building up a oh, ritual. Yeah. So by the time I get to performance thing, I'm just doing what I've been doing. So the bigger question for me when I'm art making is what is this ritual? And some rituals require me to like go away and I talk to people and meditate and breathe and drink water, and some rituals require me to be like dancing outside in the lobby and and acting the Black Plum fool, because every piece, and even like in other people's work as well, every piece and every moment requires something different. Yeah. So every day when I wake up, I really take like that moment to assess, what do I need? Sometimes mm. I need to lay back that Like yesterday, I had my alarm go off at seven, and I was like, Nah, I'm gonna keep going back to sleep until I feel like it's time for me to get up. And that was the ritual. Oh, that's a good ritual to listen to the body, and do what you need to do. And then I think the last part of that make that makes it work is to build that relationship with yourself, where you're kind to yourself. You're also constructive, but you're kind to yourself, and say like. Is this sleeping in till noon when your alarm clock went off to seven because you're just lazy and you want to avoid something, or you're like you just performed and showed yourself in front of hundreds of people in a very vulnerable way just a couple nights ago, and you need this sleep to basically like have a vulnerability hangover?
2: Yeah. And you need this to be able to
1: actually reemerge into the world. Yeah. But having that relate, building that relationship with self was is something that deeply informs all of my like what are my rituals and I just basically yeah. ask myself what, what do, you do you need right need?
0: now right 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 right, 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 okay so we are winding down a bit so do, do, this do, is do, like do. my favorite favorite question mm-hmm. um that I would probably ask all artists <laughs> um come on legs Jay just literally lifted his leg up to his nose guys sitting down
1: is hard for dancers
0: uh y'all I actually have a great time sitting down <laughs> but I'll do it needless <laughs> to say needless to say um I'd like for Jay, uh, for you to look back—be uh, that t- yesterday or two weeks ago. Um, actually, I'm actually going to take away that choice. I want you to look back to when maybe you first got the inkling that you were going to be a choreographer. Okay. And I want—how um, does that mind vision um, correlate or not? Mm-hmm with where you are, um, and what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, It hasn't really changed. I started to choreograph when I started dancing like simultaneously. (laughs) After my first dance class, I was like, "Oh, I know how to chassé, tendu, and plié, so what can I do with these three moves and make a whole music video out of it? (laughs) So like, (laughs) I I think.
2: (laughs) Come on, (laughs) Fatima!
1: Yeah, like I I had very little tools, but I was ready to create at that moment. And um, I mean, I think the main thing that I, I've gravitated towards dance in my life at that time was I spent most of my life playing musical instruments and also being in, like doing sports, like playing football, running track, playing basketball, soccer, volleyball, all the things. So I had a very physically embodied practice with sports and i had a very artistic practice with like playing musical instruments and writing music and so on and so forth and dance was the first medium that combined the two wow. and when i realized that i literally quit everything like i left the football team i told the band director like this gonna be my last semester being in a marching band and i um and i just went full throttle with dance but i think the thing with dance that it stayed true is that it is a language that allows me to communicate things that oftentimes words and certain feelings wouldn't permit me to do. Agree. Because the body, the body says everything. Like the body is the way that we, it's our first language of communication.
2: Right, right. So
1: I found that I could say so much with my body that words weren't coming to my mind for, or weren't coming out of my mouth with. So that part of like communicating something I struggle with communicating in life and using dance as that medium has stayed true and if anything I just found new ways and new tools and expanded the breadth of what that means for myself and I think I am still asking the question is what what else can I say and what else can the body say not even just for me now but that the rest of us may be struggling to say in our lives and I think that's Part of why I'm in this era of creating work centered around healing and trauma, more specifically because we, as a, as a society, have been conditioned not to name those things and not to right. be vulnerable.
0: As a way to uh, maybe save face.
1: To save face. And because, you know, we don't live in a pain-resilient resilience resilient society. We live in a pain-numbing society. Yeah. So, to like, dancers innately already scare the shit out of most people in society because we're using our body. And there's also, like, you know, a super sexual puritanical society we live in as well. So, yeah. the body is already inherently sexual just yeah. the moment you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember being in sex ed class and my sex ed teacher was like, are right, we going to talk about the penis today? And everybody started laughing. And he was like, what do you think we do with your penis more often? And everybody was like, I have sex, da, 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 da. And everybody was like, you pee with your penis more than anything. Like, so why is that? Like, why why are your genitals first to sex instead of, like, excrement? You know? Like, that should be the number one thing we think of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna loop around before someone asked Did you think you do you did you think that you would be where you are?
1: I think I didn't know. I would say I didn't know that this was a place to be. That's
0: like I, beautiful.
1: Yeah, I just didn't know. If I knew, then I would definitely say yeah. But I just didn't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I echo that. So. Um, really quickly, we have a few more minutes. Mm-hmm. I wanna just really quickly talk about first of all, let me tell you, I was raised in such a way that I too thought that like most of you genitalia tell you was for sex. But I was having this great conversation with my girlfriend last night Y'all, I didn't know what sex was for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, like, very comfortable. Like, okay, shout out to, like, you remember, like, Late Night Special by Pretty Ricky?
1: Oh, hallelujah.
0: And, like, Marsha Ambrosia's first album, mm-hmm. Your Hands. Yo, I knew all of the songs. Yeah. Jamie Foxx's uh, Unpredictable album yes. with Three Letter yes. Word yes. and yes. Storm Forecast. Mm-hmm. Funny story about Storm Forecast, but we're going to talk about it today. Mm-hmm. I was so here for sexual thoughts, sex scenes in movies, mm-hmm. but y'all, I didn't even know how many holes I had in my vagina <laughs> until yeah, <laughs> until I had to start using tampons.
2: Yeah,
0: um, and so and um, like full disclosure, like I knew what it meant to masturbate, yeah, but I still hadn't really put the dots together yeah. that sex was like. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think I. I don't even think I understood really what penetration meant.
1: No, I think. I mean, I remember I went through most of my life thinking that because um, I knew that like I came into this world because my parents had sex. They gave us this like super hippy dippy like <laughs> the stork isn't real. Like your your father and I like came together. Anyways. Um, So, I knew that sex was a thing that brought life into the world. I just didn't know that it required penetration until I was like 15 or 14 in high school and I took my first sex ed class. And they took those like little play toys of like genitals and they were like, so the penis goes into the vagina. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) It goes inside. I thought it just like rubbed around. Yes. Yes. Liquid just like. Get a little
2: friction. Went in.
1: So, like, yeah, that, that just points to how little we are taught about our own bodies.
0: As they relate to ourselves.
1: As they relate to ourselves. Like, in this As. Western society, like, and then I think that's where dance begins to scare a lot of people because yeah. we are then focusing this whole art-making practice on the use of our bodies in many different ways, and then we invite some people who are not dancers to a show, and they are struggling to, like, talk about what they saw, and they want to talk about, like, it's beautiful lines and turns, you guys look like superhuman, but they can't talk about, like, the vulnerable parts of them that was awakened when you saw this movement.
0: Right, and I think that speaks to what I'm super interested in these um, these moments between words, mm-hmm. these um, uh, almost like mystical, mm-hmm. uh, and yes, I'm using quotation marks, mystical, because they're actually not mystical, mm-hmm. um, because as a dancer, we talk about these things all the time, or I think as the dancers, as the dancer that I am and the dancers I'm in community with, I think we're all super interested in what it means to be in conversation with ourselves yeah. as a way to yeah. um, make our dreams and our needs sustainable.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I think when I think about, and this will be my closing thought, <clears throat> what it means to make it, I think making it definitely includes the ability to have a conversation for better or for worse Mm -hmm. and um, not being able to have that with your own body Mm. your own thoughts your own beliefs uh, is something that I think is not good Mm. and I'm super interested in going through that and the way that I want to go through that is with talking to my friends (laughs) Um, but also talking to my non-friends but just getting out there and talking to the people that I really admire or also uh, maybe I don't readily admire but I know Mm -hmm. that they're getting at something that's super powerful and I hope that this week you can use this to make it be it an extra shower Mm -hmm. or an extra jumping jack or an Mm -hmm. extra turn I hope that you make it beautiful you make it breathe but just make it Bye. Awesome.